How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. The Turbul and Yagara people as the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet, and we would like to pay respect to the elders past, present, and emerging. everyone and welcome to General Queries, a podcast about the Brisbane queer scene. I am your host, Talia. I am joined in the studio today with the dulcet tones of my wonderful co-host, Nita. Hello. Hello. It's so good to have you here. Three is my lucky number. Oh, is it now? Um, yeah. So every time we get to like episode three of a special or like a panel, I'm like, we got there, guys. We did it. We got to episode three. Um, so I'm really excited because we're finally kind of getting down to like the nitty gritty of what Stonewall was. And riot, 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 riot. riot. Um, <laughs> Zane's shaking his head being like, no, we're not rioting in the studio today. Do not. No. Um, <laughs> so picking up from, do we want to just dive straight into it? Do you want to give a brief summary first? Yeah. Just, just uh, so we're all clear of uh, Cause, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, sure. So um, we are 1969, America, Manhattan. We are on Christopher Street um, at an inn called the Stonewall Inn, um, which is made of thick stone walls. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, it's 1.30 in the morning. There has been a police raid uh, on the Stonewall Inn. Um the raid has been dressed up as just like kind of kind of like a routine checking to see if you got your liquor license. But what it your, really your was was license. a way to, you know, kind of get all those uh, queer people and gender non-conforming people and basically everyone who was not a, uh, a rich cis white gay got yeah gay, even uh, that yeah. Yeah. Even that, basically, uh, it was a targeted you know, attack. It was a targeted attack, yeah. um, and uh, they. Uh, collected everyone who uh, had who wasn't wearing gen- or who they thought wasn't wearing gender appropriate clothing. Um, you had to have three pieces of things matching your assigned gender at birth. Back yeah. then, it was the law. Yeah, which is kind of not good. Kind of. I don't, I don't think I even have the words for that. It was kind of not good. I have some words for that. Oh, oh that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you do. I don't. Um, you, you don't really want to hear those yeah. words. There'd be a lot of beeping. Yeah. Um, so, yes, 1.30 in the morning, uh, Sylvia Riviera, um, who is a butch lesbian, she was the not Sylvia Riviera, Stormy, Stormy Delavier, um, who is a butch lesbian, um, was... 
approached by a police officer um, and she resisted arrest. Um, she was taken outside of the inn. Uh, she was clubbed over the head. Um, again, I need to stress 14 stitches. Yep. Yeah, cool. I'm glad that we're all on top of that. Um, and as she was being beaten, she screamed, uh, why don't you guys do something? At the gigantic crowd that had gathered around outside. It was, it was a small crowd at this time. Um, it did get bigger. Okay, at the not yet gigantic crowd that had gathered around outside this time. Yeah, um, and from that point on, um, people... Riot. 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 Everyone just kind of turned to each other and they went, riot? Yeah, we're rioting now. Um, and they started attacking the police with whatever... Anything they had. Whatever they could find. Um, you got something? Throw it. Yeah, so this was, uh, this was like pennies, beer cans... Beer bottles, any bottles, and then bricks. Somehow we ended up at bricks. It ended up at bricks. Yeah. Um, Which I think works for a place called Stonewall. Yeah. Um, There's a nice little bit of uh, linking of the two things there. Um, Sylvia Rivera um, is said to have started, like she was the one to throw the first brick. Um, She has actively um, not, she has actively gone against that and said, no, that's that's not what happened. Um, someone actually asked her, um, like, was this a pre-planned, pre-planned riot? Um, would you like me to read I would love quote? you if you would like to read out her quote. Uh, Sylvia Riviera has stated, people have asked me, was it a pre-planned riot? Because out of nowhere, Molotov cocktails showed up. I have been given the credit for throwing the first Molotov cocktail by many historians, but I always like to correct it. I threw the second one. I did not throw the first one. And I didn't even know what a Molotov cocktail was. I'm holding this thing that's lit and I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Throw it before it blows. Okay. I, I just love the fact that she's like, I have no idea what happens here, but we're, we're going to throw it, I guess. Um, yeah, so... Um, I mean, if something on your in your hand is on fire, like the best course of action is to throw it out of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And if it makes a big explosion, all the better. Absolutely. Um, Riviera goes on um, to explain uh, one thing led to another. The confrontation got so hot that Inspector Pine, who headed the raid, him and his men had to barricade themselves into the bar um, because they could not get out. The people that they had arrested, they had to take into the bar with them because there was no police backup for them. But seriously, as history tells it to this day, we don't know who cut the power, the phone lines. We'll get back to the phone lines. We'll get back to the phone lines. This is the first I'm hearing about the phone lines. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that and we'll unpack it later. Um, let, let, let's hold off on that one for yeah. now. Um, so they could not get the call to the sixth precinct. Number one, Inspector Pine was not welcome in the 6th Precinct because he had been appointed to stop the corruption. And as you know... The 6th the Precinct was getting paid by the Mafia to look the other way. Yeah. And obviously they were getting paid, so why yeah. would they want to stop the corruption? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what they called us back then, we were a bunch of deviates and perverts. So he was there for that purpose. So who knows if one of his own... It, so who knows? If one of his own men didn't do it, that was, you know taking a payoff for himself. Yep. I just, I love how she, like, I love how all of these people kind of talk about Stonewall as like, yeah, like all of these things could have happened. We were just rioting. Like we, we were, I'm not going to say like they were having a great time, but they kind of got kind of, 
caught up in it almost. It got intense. It got intense, which I just, there's something about that kind of energy that I just. Eventually in a riot, sometimes you're just going to have to go with the flow. Yeah. Um, and riot. So we have, we have this angry riot happening outside the Stonewall Inn. People are like throwing bricks at it. And Molotov cocktails. And Molotov cocktails. Um, and anything they can get their hands on. And anything they can get their hands on. There are nine police officers trapped, like barricaded inside of the inn. Um, with the people they are trying to arrest, who are also probably very much wanting to riot at yeah, this point. There are 13 people uh, who are like barricaded inside the inn. Um, the phone lines have been cut either by somebody in the riot or by one of the police officers. It is unclear and nobody's stepped forward and been like, yes, I was the person who cut the phone lines. Um, so it was incredibly difficult. It was very chaotic. Yeah. For uh, for um, Inspector Pine to get word out to the police to get back up. Because they like they had not expected a riot. They kind of like had, had expected everyone to kind of run off and then come back. And no one expects a riot. No one expects a riot. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects a riot. I was gonna make that joke, and you and I was like thinking, nah, we won't make that joke. And then you yeah. made that joke. So like, good on you. Thanks. Um, so okay, so uh, the police because the police couldn't get their uh, call for help out, um, and they couldn't. Uh, go out and, and get back up, um, they were actually really afraid of the riots um, and of being sort of like beaten and killed by the people in the riots. Um, I mean, fair thing to be afraid of. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, that's, that's fair and valid. Um, so they actually gave the arrestees guns. They gave the employees and like the people that were trying to arrest guns and were like, yeah, if anyone comes to the door, just shoot them. Like, uh, we um just just shoot them you know like it your safety man um they were like actually terrified for their lives um they uh opened a fire hose uh, in an attempt um to like what they wanted to do was open the doors um and then rush out like spray water rush out um and i mean it's a fair plan for something they probably came up with in two minutes while terrified out of their minds. Yeah, uh, so they opened up a fire hose um, and it sent out like this weak stream of water and they were like, uh, okay, yep, gun time, I guess. Yep, time to do that. Um, they somehow ended up um, in the Stonewall Inn, a straight reporter by the name of Howard Smith, um, who... How in the actual hell did he get there? I... I, somehow he just ended up there. He, How do reporters always manage I to do this? Don't know. Um, he was writing for um, a publication called uh, uh, Village Voice, um, which is. Uh, I mean, that's a hell of a story to end up on the scene. Yeah, um, and he he recounts. Um, he has a. Um, nope. Try that again. He, he recounts sort of what happens in Stonewall um, in a, an article called uh, The Full Moon Over Stonewall. And it, it's it's nice because it starts off with like, and there was a moon over Stonewall and it was this wonderful night. And then he kind of gets dragged into Stonewall and, and Pine gives him a gun and is like, yep, okay, you're fighting for your life now. Time to go. Just protect yourself. Um, yeah, A Village Voice is um, – it was a – New York publication about um, culture. 
All righty then. So, so there you go. Um, I'm still amazed that the one straight reporter who somehow managed to end up right smack bang in the middle of one of the biggest queer riots in all history. Yeah. Um, like, outside, like while these guys are like, oh my God, we, we can't, we can't use a fire hose. There's a reporter here. Like, I'm just going to give him a gun. Um, outside someone had, uh, pulled up a parking meter out of the, out of like the, the street, the floor of the street, the, the curb, the curb, it, they pulled it out of the curb. Um, and um, I guess it was loose. Anyway, so they were they were like ramming that into the door, trying to. They pulled the parking meter out of the curb. Yes. This is incredible. It's, it's getting better by the second. Um, they were all of the bricks they were throwing. Um, had started like they shattered the windows of the inn. Um, yeah, and they were like just throwing stuff into the inn. Um, it was it was getting wild. How did they get a parking meter out <laughs> of the ground? I don't know. I really don't. Um, there's a recount. Yeah, that's like it's it's like it's 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 tragic that it had to happen and that there was rioting and that people got hurt. But also that is awesome, mm-hmm, right? It just everyone kind of banded together and they were like, "Yep, time to time to riot." It was. It, it, I'm not going to say it sounds like a good time, but. It, it didn't. It didn't sound like a good time, but it's uh, definitely. It sounds like a good time. We mean this in the nicest, most non-offensive possible way. Yeah. When we say when we say pride is a riot, what we're actually talking about is pulling up a parking meter. <laughs> I mean, if someone handed me a parking meter, I would be like, yes, yeah. let's, let's swing this. Yeah. Let's hit people with this. Um, and kind of like as this was kind of going on and, and people were pulling out parking meters and they were throwing bricks and Molotov cocktails. Um, this is insane. Yeah. Uh, the crowd had started to gather. Oh, so it, this was when the not yet gigantic crowd turned into to, the uh, gigantic yeah, crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. Um, it was, yeah. Uh, then um, there is, okay, so... Howard Smith, who was writing uh, for A Village Voice, um, in his article, he talks about the fact that like all of a sudden there are sirens and then there's a whoosh of lighter fluid from the window and a fire starts behind the bar. Um, I mean, if you're going to throw a lighter into a bar, you would be like, yeah. if you manage to get it behind the bar, that's basically insta-kill shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was a fire started in the bar. There you go. Um, Man, the cops must really want to get out even more now. Yeah. Um, and Seymour at this point didn't shoot because he could hear sirens. So no idea quite how they got the word out to the police. Um, the police might have just heard the, the riot going on. Yeah, they just went, oh, there's a riot. Yep, okay, time to go inspect that. Um, so around Pine, what did you do? Pine, Pine, what did you... <laughs> Pine, what did you do? Um, so finally at around uh, 3 a.m., Fire trucks and members of the police force's tactical patrol force arrived at the scene. The latter uh, was a trained riot control force established to deal with anti-Vietnam War protests. See, it became relevant. The anti-Vietnam stuff, it became relevant. I was hoping it would become relevant, and so it has. Um, These officers wore helmets. I love the fact that peaceful anti-war protests are riots. That's just just a very interesting bit of irony to me anything's a riot if your government doesn't like it yes that's yeah. very true not to not to be a radical little bitch <laughs> how's that sticker going by the way i love it i love it because i can just say things and then i can point at it and be like also i have merch um 
Yeah, so uh, the officers of uh, the Tactical Patrol Force um, wore helmets and visors and were armed with billy clubs and like a whole bunch of other weapons. Um, And there were about an estimated 400 people uh, at this point, like at 3 a.m. in the morning. How many people were in the riot force for the police? I'm not sure because I haven't been able to find numbers for it, but I'm going to say not a lot. Um, What makes you say not a lot, Talia? They turned up with a couple of – all all of the documentation calls them paddy wagons, which I think is really cute. Um, But they turned up with a whole bunch of – Get the paddy wagon. Yeah, they turned up with a whole bunch of police cars – well, no, a small number of police cars just to take these these nine officers um, out of the bar. Um, and I just – I kind of get the feeling that they may have overestimated them, the the crowd because, I mean, the riots then continued for – So they underestimated the crowd? Yeah. The, the You know, the riots continued for five days after. Um, so, like, do do people just continually throw bricks for five days then? Or do they, like, is there a tap of, out system where, like, hey, I'm about to tap out. Can you keep throwing my bricks for the next eight hours? I'm going to get some sleep <laughs> and, a, and a nap. It like, yeah, of, don't worry, dude, I got your bricks. It, it, morphed from, it morphed from being a riot to being, like, a protest. And then it eventually disbanded. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like, for the, the first two, two, three hours... Um, it was hardcore very, rioting. it was very much hardcore riot, um, yeah. So uh, the police were somehow thanks uh, thanks to um, the the tactical patrol force, um, they were taken out of the venue. Um, All righty then. But the riots themselves actually did continue for the next five days. All righty then. So. What about the people that were with the police? You know, they're. Uh um, I, as far as I'm aware, they were arrested and taken into custody. Okay. Um, I haven't, in my research, I didn't come across anything that was like, and all of a sudden Christopher Pine was like, Christopher Pine, Seymour Pine was like, um, I, I feel fine. You can leave now. I'm okay with this. I was just wondering if they like left them in the bar to burn or whatever. No, they didn't. No, Very low opinions of some people in they're humanity. Very, they're very still alive. Okay. Um, Howard, Howard Smith, like, you know, he survived the riots and then he went on to publish one of the most well-known um, documents, documents um, the for the Village Voice. Okay. Um, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's so much well-known for the riots, um, but it's definitely one of the most well-known pieces for a Village Voice. Um, oh, all right, so, then. Uh, so news of the initial riot spread really quickly um, and the next night thousands of people turned up to continue the protest. So we went from like, uh, oh, we're talking like 1,500 to 400 uh, to a couple thousand. That's pretty imp- impressive. Yeah. Um, and this, which I think was also really interesting, this that, that number included straight people. I mean, They know. just turned up and they were like, we're here to support. There's lots of straight people out there who are very much um I will support yeah. the gays and like But I like mean, in the in the sixties, yeah. that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like, that's really impressive. Good on you. Uh good on those uh straight people who showed up to club a policeman over the head. Yeah. I'm yeah. I I, I don't got much more to say to you. Good good job, my dudes. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for your work. True allies. <laughs> um so the crowd was so big it blocked traffic. Always a good sign of always, a crowd. Always, always. Uh, Unless you're in the traffic. Yeah. Um, it did, however, 
still mainly consist of the homeless and impoverished sort of leading the riot. So that was yes. still, yeah. Um, eventually, though, uh, everything started to die down. And after everything was done. After uh, five days. After five days. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, good job, guys. Um, Stonewall itself, like the inn itself, um, had been bashed, beaten, bruised. Um, it sustained fire damage. Like we're talking bad fire damage because okay. a fire was lit behind the bar. You Someone know, just kind of. Alcohol is. Yeah. Wow. Um, the impact of it was absolutely massive like for the first time like for many queer people this was the first time um they'd actually seen a community kind of gather and it changed how queer people looked at the police it changed how the police looked at queer people um i wonder how many queer people looked at that riot and were just like oh my god people like me yeah yeah like it was all of a sudden people were like, wow, there is a community, there is a out, community there. out here. It was, it was spectacular. I think, I'm, I think that's the word I'm going to use. It was specky. It was, yeah, it was absolutely, I, part of me is like, I think it would have been incredible to see just all of these people. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not, I, can can you please uh, read this, this wonderful quote? For, so Virginia um, uh, Opposer. Okay. Who was a respected um, advisor for Bill Clinton. All right. She said that Stonewall hit me like a bolt of lightning. It was as if I had an incredible release of my own outrage at having to sequester so much of my life. So she was, um, from memory, she was a lesbian um, who was working a pretty high up job. And she was McCarthyism. Um, she was trying to avoid being outed and losing her job. Um, so she was very much like... You know, after seeing this, she was like, "Like, wow, this is actually this is something." Which, yeah, it, it's something. I don't know. I don't really have. To say it is. It is a very big something. It's yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, the what happened post the riots, Talia? Uh, so a few weeks after Stonewall, um, they, in commemoration of, um, they held uh, a pride march. Um, the it was called the Christopher Street Liberation Day March, um, which went from uh, Stonewall down to Central Park. Um, this is the beginning. This is the first Pride Parade. Okay. Um, and there are still annual Pride Parades that take the exact same path every year from Christopher Street to Central Park. Wicked. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Um, after like after those five days of riots, it kind of it had happened. It had died down after that. Um, <laughs> sorry, my notes say what happened part first riots. I'm glad you asked. Um, so uh, f- after Stonewall, there were two kind of major um, parties, I, I guess, groups that kind of – or groups and organizations that kind of came out of the riots. All right. Um, one of them what was – What were these two groups, Talia? I'm glad you asked. Um, one of them was the Gay Liberation Front of one of, one of them was the Gay Activist Alliance. Um, All right. Then? So um, the Gay Liberation Front was um, – the more radical of the two. Um, so it sought liberation for all queer people, not just the gays. Um, unfortunately, it collapsed in 1972 due to the fact that it was dealing with so many issues at once. Um, however, they did have 
I did find a quote, um, which is like from their manifesto that I really, really enjoyed. So um, young uh, Alan Young, who was um, one of like the the big names, I guess, in the company. And he was sort of um, he was the one who put together like the idea of the the Liberation Front's principles. Um, So he he says in these principles, uh, gay is good for all of us. The artificial category. Gay is good for all of us. The artificial categories heterosexual and homosexual have been laid on us by a sexist society. As gays, we demand an end to the gender programming which starts when we are born. The family is the primary means by which this restricted sexuality is created and enforced. Our understanding of sexism is premised on the idea that in a free society, everyone will be gay. I mean... Okay. It's, it's quite a radical notion. It is a very radical notion. Um, I think like they were very much attacking um they were attacking marriage. Okay. In a lot of what they were doing. Yes. Um and they the, I think they like to say they are the definition of the radically queer, I think is not an understatement. Um, that sounds, you know, sort yeah. of fair. I'm yeah. I don't know very much about them. This is the first I have heard of them, but uh um, it's a, from what I am hearing, it sounds like a fair definition. Yeah. Um, and then sort of on the other side of that, um, we have the Gay Activists Alliance, um, which focused solely on gay people. Um, and they considered themselves to be politically neutral. They were working towards ki- kind of the same assimilation efforts um as pre-stonewall okay um but slightly different so they went on to um not attack uh to to fight against um the american psychologist association um to make to make sure that uh homosexuality was um not decriminalized uh taken away from the gsm um you know, they were working sort of with the law instead of against it. All righty then. Yeah. Um, they also, I think this is um, kind of kind of cute. Not not cute, but um, they led their own form of protests um, called ZAPs. Okay. Which were public confrontations um, of political and media elites, elites um, on their homophobia. So they would stage like small protests – in front of these people's like houses or places of business. And they'd be like, Hey, you're homophobic. We don't like it. What are you going to do about it? Um, so they, yeah, it was kind of like two very. Zaps are a very kind of cute name for that. Actually. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I don't know why they pick zaps, um, but I, I really like. We are going do. to zap the homophobe. Yeah, there you go. So continue to zap homophobes people. But imagine if you could actually strike fear in someone with the power of the homo, like, Hold them for ransom by saying it's that like you're that one vine, that one vine of um, hey professor, come here and he kisses oh, his boyfriend. That yeah, that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, Kay Tobin, who is a founder of the Daughters of Villitus. Um, okay. Would you Would you like to read a cro- a quote? I would love to read a quote. Wonderful. I enjoy reading quotes. Um, a quote by Kay Tobin. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Up to 1969, this movement was generally called the homosexual or homophile movement, and these terms are still frequently used. After a dramatic event in 1969, younger activists began calling it the gay or gay liberation movement. So, we com- not only did we like bring together a community, not only did they bring together a community, they basically changed 
the language the language how we protest how we view the language and it that that's i don't know i keep coming back to the fact that that's an incredible change it's a and i am going to continually say this it sure is something it sure is something um also um Marsha and sylvia co-founded the street transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR, um, which was an organization which aimed to help homeless drag queens and trans women of color. So they they basically they got a building and they helped uh, clothe and feed um, destitute gender nonconforming people. Awesome. Time. Yes. Um, so those are the things that kind of came out of the Stonewall riots directly. All righty then. All righty then. So what did happen to the Stonewall Inn, Talia? So the Stonewall Inn um, at one point was used as a bakery. Um, uh, no, a bagel and pottery shop. Um, the bar itself actually closed down permanently soon after the riots. Um, there is uh, a new bar sort of on the premise uh, that goes by the name of Stonewall. Um, however, the Stonewall Inn has become like this big monument um, uh, and a huge name in in queer rights and queer resources and queer education um and they help um organize uh pride parades uh marches um they are doing so many things for stonewall this year it's amazing um like all of their celebrations are, are going by the name of stonewall 50 um there's like a hashtag and everything um stonewall itself um like the building um has like a whole bunch of flags um, outside of it, um, it's in just because I really like the game uh, Spider Man that came out last year. You can actually go and visit the Stonewall Inn on Christopher Street. Wicked, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the actual organization of Stonewall that kind of came out of the riots um, is sort of like an independent funding body that helps support um, grassroots organizations with resources and with uh, finances and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's also uh, an annual Pride March, um, as I said, that goes um, from Stonewall to Central Park. Um, and those uh, those kind of uh, marches have spread to other countries. Um, and I believe we have Pride Marches in Brisbane. I would uh, – I, I do believe that we do. I, uh, I, I can't find any information on when the next one is, but I know that we have them. I do believe I might have Googled it. It could potentially – be around September, uh, possibly. Okay. Uh, that's not a certainty, though. Definitely, um, I would recommend like Google Brisbane. Yeah, Brisbane. We'll Pride probably March. do something about it when it comes up. So we um, shall. That mm, is yeah. practically the entire point of the podcast. No, there you go. Um, something, something community. Um, they did also do a twenty fifth um, commemoration uh, in nineteen ninety four. Um, so there was a huge march that went from Christopher Street in front of the United Nations. So they changed their path a little bit um, to kind of uh, go past the UN. Uh, and then, Good on them. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was estimated at 1.1 million. Um, so that was called uh, Stonewall 25. Um, and they had like a collection of um, exhibits um, in like galleries and public libraries and stuff like that. Um, also, they uh, had a site-specific show called Stonewall Night Variations just because I'm a theater person, I really enjoy theater things. Um, but it was a Do show. Do you enjoy theater things? Yeah, I didn't I, know you enjoy I theater know. things. Um, but it Never was, it was a show 
specifically recounting what led up to Stonewall. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm still trying to find the script. So the moment I get a hand, my hands on it, I will tell you, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think that's really interesting that they kind of, and it was written specifically to be performed at Stonewall. Like it's site specific, site responsive work, which is really interesting. Definitely. Um, in uh, 2015, we had the movie. I'm going to make, okay, I'm going to make a small reference to this movie because it didn't really make a lot of, like it it, wasn't, it didn't have a huge cultural impact, but it's still, it's still something that comes up when you Google it. Mm-hmm. So the movie is directed by Roland Emmerich, who is best known for disaster movies like Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow. Don't know why they got him to direct Stonewall. Um, the, mo- the movie follows um, the story of a boy called Danny who throws the first brick at Stonewall after he finds out that his boyfriend is cheating on him. Uh, there was no real uh, cultural uh, impact to it. Um, it's uh, All it really did was, smart, was spark a small like semi-historical revisionist approach to Stonewall. Oh boy. Um, yeah, that's, that's all it did. It's, uh, I guess like if we, if we want to do a couple of episodes about it, like we can, like, um, but it's maybe another time. Yeah. It's not, it's not a great historical movie. And from all of, uh, from all of the reviews I've read, it was very mediocre. So there you go. Um, in 2016, um, what happened in 2016, Talia? Yeah, I blanked for a second. Um, in 2016, uh, our good old uh, president, Barack Obama, uh, declared the Stonewall Inn as a national monument. And that is the first queer monument in that like that's ever been declared a national monument in, in America. Wicked. Yeah. Um, and it was also, interestingly enough, it was declared a uh, historic monument. Uh, it was declared a, a historic monument days before um, the Supreme Court made the decision um, uh, regarding gay marriage in 50 states. Um, so, like, that that's just nice to kind of line up like that. Uh, but basically, this means that the building can't be torn down. Excellent. Yeah. There is a 1985 movie. I haven't watched it, but apparently it's all on YouTube. So I've put a link. I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, if anyone wants to watch it. Um, because, yeah, sometimes it just – if you want to – Watch, watch it. Watch some things. Um, yeah, so this year is um, Stonewall 50. Oh, also, um, yeah, the police commissioner did apologise um, for uh, the raids on Stonewall about two days ago. Uh, of, of time of this recording, it was two days ago, so it would have been June 4th, June 4th, June 5th. Um, June 7th. June, yeah, so about June 5th, it would have he would have apologised. Um yeah, that's that's where we currently stand. Welcome, like I, that's Stonewall for you. Stonewall is definitely a very interesting and relevant part of our culture. So yeah, and it's again, it's it's something that we kind of know about, and then nobody really knows about. Um, so so I, I hope that this was a very informative thing, and that you've uh, all walked away listening to this uh, slightly smarter. Yeah. Um, uh, we will put um, all of the links and stuff um, for all of my research. It's it's like this huge. I think it's about a page and a half. Um, reference list. A reference list. You can tell that I'm a university student. Um, yeah, it is a it is a good two pages. Um, so uh, you know, you, if you want, there's a good starting point for your research. Um, 
if you're really interested in like everything that's happening um, regarding Stonewall 50, um, Chellaman, who is a deaf queer uh, um, artist in America, has actually – he was uh, invited um, to – go and attend some of the celebrations. So um, if you like stalk his Instagram, you'll be able to kind of tap into that kind of that area of the celebrations. Um, yeah, there's a, there's been a whole bunch of um, like parades. There's been parties. Um, yeah, that's Stonewall, guys. That's Stonewall. That's Stonewall. Um, remember, Pride is a riot. We do recommend. We, we do recommend that uh, you, you just remember Pride is a riot. Um in every sense of the term. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like I've just finished a book. Um, I hope you've all learned something over the last three weeks. Um, I definitely have had – I've definitely learned something. And I feel like I've had – I've actually had a little bit of fun, especially towards the end there. I was having quite a bit of fun telling the story of Stonewall. Um, so I hope you've learned something. I have absolutely learned something. Um, I hope uh, you've enjoyed listening about Stonewall. It's been fun to talk about, Talia. Thanks, Nita. Uh, I'm glad, Nita, you could join us. Uh, I've I've enjoyed having your company. I've enjoyed having your company, Chuzane. He smiled at me. Yay. Um, everyone out there in podcasting land, I am so happy that um, you came and, and spent some time with us. You have tuned in. To yeah, our... that you've tuned in. Um, thank you so much for your support. Um, I... Hope that you're taking care of yourselves during Pride Month. Um, is there anything, any kind of validation you want to give out today, Nita? If you are a creator, an artist, a writer, go and do a little bit more on that piece you're working on. It's not going to write itself. Mm. And if you're not an artist, that, that book or TV show that you've been putting off for a little bit, now's the time. Watch a bit. Now's the time to do it. Um, happy Pride Month, everyone. Remember, you are loved, you are cared for, and you are valid. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Ta-ta. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.